You're listening to episode 54 of Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Let's chat. Discover children at a whole new level. Be empowered to grow with the children in your life. Welcome to Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Hi there and welcome to Chat About Children where we chat about all things children and empower you to grow with the children in your life. Today's episode is about talking money with kids. We are going to chat about how to help kids understand the value of money, as well as share some daily ways to successfully build a healthy financial literacy for your child. And that's obviously a skill that they're going to have for life. We also look at healthy money mindsets and tools that you can use right now with your children. And you also want to stay tuned because we have our special guest offering a wonderful offer to the Chat About Children audience. So you want to listen in to learn more about that one. So let's get this chat started. Melissa Ma has over 20 years experience in the financial services industry, having worked in a variety of settings from small boutique financial planning firms to large financial institutions. She quickly realized the need to educate and coach people around managing their money. So she took her passion for finance and making a difference in people's lives to create her own money coaching business called Talking Money. Here she creates a safe space to have real conversations about money and uncovers how our relationship with money impacts our motivations and behaviours every single day. Melissa is a well-respected speaker and has contributed to various publications. She also enjoys keeping fit and healthy and spending time with her two children, Olivia and Lachlan. Melissa, welcome to Chat About Children. Thank you, Sonia. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. And this is a really important topic. I say this about a lot of the topics on Chat About Children, <laughs> but money is a super important topic and it's a life skill. And, and if we need to know how to manage that and how to in, instill that in our kids early, which is why you're here, we yep. want to know how to do that, Melissa. Yep. So before we delve into it, tell us a little bit about yourself and why talking money became so important for you or such a passion of yours. Yeah, Sonia. So I guess, I mean, I've, I've been in, as you said, in my bio, thank you for that lovely introduction. I've been, I was involved in the financial services industry for oh, around, I'll rough it, you know, around 20 years. It's probably been a bit more than that now. You know, as a financial planner, as a stockbroker, and as a, you know, work for a superannuation fund. And I used to have always have these conversations with people, you know, they're either employed or self-employed, but they, and they were very, very good at what they did. So they're exceptional at their job or their skill or whatever they did. And there is this expectation in society that because you're good at what you do, that you're automatically good with your money, including people in finance. And I can tell you there is absolutely no correlation. There could be actually an indirect correlation of that happening because people are so focused on, you know, being in their genius zone and doing what they do. But because there was this expectation around it, there was a lot of, and a lot of times they weren't because they just didn't have the skills or the know-how or the knowledge because no one had actually really taught them that that there was a lot of embarrassment, well, there still is. I work with a lot of people in this space. There's a lot of embarrassment and shame around not being all over their, their money, their money management, their personal finances, which then, you know, led people to really perhaps make decisions that weren't serving them, that will put them under further financial pressure, knee-jerk, you know, reactions to things and that sort of thing, and just really not having any understanding of their money. You know, and a lot of these people were earning very, very good money. They're on high incomes. So I just continually kept having that conversation with people. I realised that I really loved dealing with the people, not necessarily the numbers side of things. So then I, I left, I decided to leave employment and 
created a, a my own money coaching business because I felt that there was a very much a gap in the market there for people that didn't necessarily or still need financial advice, but there was it's in that space that's not necessarily financial planning. And my whole basis of my business is to create a safe space to have a real conversation around money. So it's not about what it should look like, what people are telling you should look like, what society is saying it should look like. It's actually let's really, you know, pull that curtain back and shine the light on your finances, not worrying about what's happened, what's worked, what hasn't worked. You know, it's right here, right now, lie in the sand. If it's not exactly how you want it to be, let's work out how to, you know, remove all obstacles of having a, you know, your greatest life possible. That's my goal and my intention. Awesome. And that sounds wonderful. And I can tell that you're very much, let's get this happening kind of a person. So there's no fluff. It's just like, what's happening? Where do we need to go? Let's do it. And I'm here to support you. Yes. And facilitate that. So that's brilliant. So tell me, what's the most common obstacle that people are wanting to overcome? Well, there's probably two, if I could share two. Like the first one is people have tried everything. They've tried to do it themselves and they just sort of keep, it just doesn't, you know, that might have a bit of a rush and it'd be all good, but then it won't be sustainable. So I guess that's, you know, and not having the skills, not having the skill set, not having that financial, you know, knowledge or, you know, financial literacy, you know, of having those foundations and really understanding the basics. So I think that's, you know, we have very, very busy lives. So it's of actually taking the time to really, you know, have a look at it. I think it's a bit tricky for people sometimes. So I think it's, none of this is rocket science. (laughs) People know, a lot of people, you know, what they should do. It's just, it's having that support and that, you know, education and accountability. And the way that I explain it sometimes, it's like having a PT, personal trainer for your money. You know, we know what we could do. We can all go and exercise by ourselves. But when we know we have to get up in the morning and, and be, you know, meet someone to do it, there's a lot more motivation to do that. And, you know, with regards to, you know, help with our eating and stuff like that, it, it's actually just providing that support. So I think it's, you know, people have tried to do it themselves and they're just not getting anywhere or they're slowly going out the back door because a lot of people are spending more than they're earning. So they're, you know, and they could be under pressure with regards to servicing personal debt or, you know, there's a lot of things in that area. The other thing I do is I work with, well, actually I support women in doing, you know, in transitions. So there's lots of different transitions. It'd be transition out of a relationship. It could be transition from support a lot of women going from employed to, you know, self-employment, starting self-employed, starting their own businesses because a lot of stuff comes up (laughs) around our, our money stories and our money beliefs when that happens. And the other thing is I really love doing is supporting couples because there is always tends to be a lot of disconnect with couples around talking about money. And so I like to really work with both couples to really understand why there is that disconnect and what they're bringing to that, into that conversation around money. So they're the main areas. Nice. Sounds like money therapy. A lot of people have said to me, Sonia, you're like a ther- you're sort of like a therapist. <laughs> so, well, I'm not, but yes, yes, I can be. <laughs> well, look, you know, and I say that because, you know, look, I imagine that money comes up as a real issue that does cause a lot of friction and challenges and difficulties that does impact on relationships and, Absolutely. you know, it kind of has a domino effect. So I guess it, we could really look at the therapeutic side here, but that could be another branch of specialization if you want to promote yourself that way, <laughs> Melissa. But I know that very recently you've been talking quite a bit about, you know, kids and talking to kids about money. And so I'm wondering, you know, is there a common trend that's happening within families? Are parents and carers talking to kids about money? Are they not talking about it? Like, what have you observed? 
I think there's, it was funny, I left completely a feel. I was actually having a chat to my GP about this yesterday because she's, you know, we're having a chat about the increased level of depression, anxiety in, you know, adults, teenagers, children. And, you know, a lot of that is obviously being driven at the moment by financial circumstances in the family unit and that sort of thing. So because a lot of people have, you know, a lot of changes have happened with losing jobs or reduced income or, you know, all sorts of stuff, all sorts of dynamics are, are happening. And I think, and we also are talking about resilience in kids. And I know this is a bit of an off topic, but it's kind of related of building that resilience because, you know, we might've, a lot of us have, you know, and we're all, I think we're all a, bit, a little bit guilty of this, you know, wrapping our kids up in cotton wool and, you know, everyone's a winner and stuff like that. And so when things do get a little bit tough, they actually haven't, and you mean, I know there's a lot of stuff out there for, you know, teaching kids about resilience and that sort of thing. So I think that's one thing that, you know, it is, it's okay to share that things isn't, everything isn't fantastic. And yeah, we might have to say no about some things that you've, you know, that you've always been allowed to do, but it's actually explaining them, you know, so it's normalizing talking about money to your children. Yeah, It's not like, you know, I know I, and I think a lot of people our age, you know, grew up, you know, in whispered tones behind a closed door or talking, you know, don't talk about it in front of the kids. And so I'm seeing the impact of that on, you know, the people I support and work mm. with now. So I think it's really, you know, the most important thing is to talk about money and involve children in the conversations. And obviously it's, you know, based on different, you know, <laughs> someone said to me the other day, yeah, I know I should talk normally about that, but my child, someone asked, you know, what does dad earn? And she said, I don't particularly want him to go to school and <laughs> <laughs> the whole school knowing what, you know, what we're earning and stuff like that. So, you know, obviously you need to understand, you know, how to frame it and how to you think it. But I think, you know, it's most important to make it talk about money as a normal thing not as a taboo subject, as not as something that, you know, and there's lots of other things about understanding the concepts of money and stuff like that. But I think that's the most important thing is to normalise talking about it. Yeah. So uh, really just bringing it out in the open, Mm. chatting about it as just daily life and money forms part of a survival tool, I guess. Yes. And I think what you mentioned before is really important when there's so many different angles that you can talk about money. Yes. And this goes for adults too. And I think it's more what is the intent behind why we would be talking about money now? Is our intent because we want our child to be aware that we can't spend X amount of money this week because we need money to be going toward, let's say, the car insurance that's come in or whatever it might be? Is it more understanding our intent behind, okay, well, I'm going to share this because the intention is I want them to be aware that we can't always have everything we want whenever we want it Mm. because money is not infinite, like that kind of, Mm. as opposed to this is what dad earns, this is awesome, or this is what mum earns and, you know, it's amazing. So kind of taking away that side of stuff. Is that what you mean by balancing it out a little? Yeah, so for a lot of kids, telling them what the parents earn, that wouldn't mean anything to them anyway because they don't understand the, you know, I mean, they don't actually understand what that means. Yeah. So I think it's first of all, Sonia, you know, learning about the concept of money, you know, understanding that money doesn't just come from a hole in the wall or you just don't tap, 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 tap. And it's just like this, you know, this infinite, you know, never ending flow of funds. Because, you know, I mean, a lot of grown ups have a bit of a strange relationship with money because we can, you know, transact very, very large sums of money and we never see it, we never touch it, we never, you know, I remember a psychologist talking about it a years ago saying it's like that, you know, that 
bit embarrassing uncle that's always at family functions. We're sort of, you know, <laughs> he's there. We sort of creep away from him, but we don't really, you know, no one really talks about him. So it's it's understanding that, you know, and, you know, the way that I talk to people about this is just understand, you know, children need to be able to see and touch money and actually be able to hold it and then go and, and have piggy banks that have got, you know, clear jars or whatever it is and so visual so they can actually see the money growing. They can go and physically, you know, get money out of their jars, walk down and actually purchase something with the money so they it's really tangible and they physically hand it over that sort of thing and you know it's funny my daughter years ago I just always laugh about this when I'm thinking it when I'm talking about money she said mum my first car is either going to be a Hyundai or a Ferrari (laughs) (laughs) and I thought right we need to have a bit more of a chat about actually the concept and a bigger jar And not that there's anything wrong with either of them. But I think so. It's understanding the fundamentals, the concept of actually what money is. And I think then it's actually understanding the value of money. Like, you know, actually, you know, talking about in conversations, understanding, you know, where it comes from, explaining to kids how, what's behind getting it out of the hole in the wall or tapping, you know, that it's connected to your bank account. And every time you get that money out, it actually reduces your balance. So it's, you know, there, there is stuff going on there and and you know where it goes like you know what you actually have to you know that the money that you earn has to go towards you know covering you know meeting your financial commitments and your lifestyle costs and and that we sometimes we have to prioritize what is you know and it's not a infinite a never-ending pool that there is you know that we have to prioritize importance about you know things sometimes so I think they're the you know and there's lots of different ways that you can do that with kids lots of different ways. Absolutely. So talking about money openly is certainly the first thing to start. And you're just saying just be doing that anyway, regardless of your child's age. Yep. And doing it in a way that doesn't stress them out. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Like you don't want to, you don't want to terrify them and, and it's all relative, obviously, to children's ages, how much you choose to share with them. But I don't think it hurts to actually share, but it's, I mean, obviously it's up to people's, you know, how much they want to share and what they to the what extent they want to talk about if they are if things are you know that there is they're under a bit of financial pressure or that things have changed and stuff like that but I don't think it it if that is a situation of actually sitting down and just explaining to the children what that means like you don't have to say that you know position it it's all doom and gloom and it's really horrific but actually just understand what the ramifications of that and what that means and your family, like, you know, I remember I sort of go through every now and then and review my financial commitments and everything. And I sat down with my kids a couple of years ago. And so they're quite young. And I said, look, you know, this is what we're doing. I just want to sort of see if we can free up some money to be able to use for other stuff and want us, you know, to make a decision together. And I was absolutely blown away with the suggestions that they came up with, what they would be happy to forgo, if it meant that we could use that money towards going on a holiday. Like I was really very pleasantly surprised, you know, and they've got the buy-in then there. So it's actually their decisions to, you know, turn Foxtel off or whatever, you know, I mean, whatever it is, but they've actually got some skin in the game and it's, yeah. And so, and also about, you know, sitting down and doing a, a family budget together or, you know, planning an event or, you know, whatever it is, but getting their buy-in, involve the children with money decisions and, you know, saving for a holiday or an event or something like that could be a really lovely thing to do. But it's, yeah, it's involving them with actually just the conversations and they're really great ways to do it. And that is so important. It does make, I've seen it myself at home with a number of different things. Once the kids are involved, 
Mm. It doesn't become a you and them. Like it's Mm -mm. not you kind of going, I'm telling you what you got to do, or this is how it works. You're sitting down as a team and everyone's feeling like they're all on the same page. They're all contributing. Yes. Everyone's then accountable. You've got a shared goal. And then the motivation's really different, isn't it? Yeah, that you've got their buy-in and their their sort of you know emotional investment into the the process, and particularly if it's for something. And you know, I mean, there's other con- things I talk to people about about you know kids with saving goals of it, talking about that you know you'll match whatever they save, and you know things like that. So once again, you know, everyone's involved in the decisions. Everyone's excited about. It. Everyone's sort of you know on board. So it's not them having to go and do it on their own or just expecting to be given you know given money. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, wrote, I was recently interviewed with business chicks and they, you know, the funny thing is they've just redid the thing and the topic was, you know, you shouldn't give children money just for breathing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was, I, can't, I actually can't remember saying that, but obviously I must have said that somewhere <laughs> along the line. You went with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think, Melissa, one of the other things that you touched on a bit before was the physical money, physical money yep. in the jar and that kind of thing. And, you know, I've seen that work really well with my own children. But one of the things that I've discussed with other people as well is that the physical money is slowly disappearing in society. And particularly this year where everything's cash, well, a lot of things have become cashless. Yeah. And so I was chatting to someone about, you know, what are the challenges that that brings when you visually cannot see it? Because, you know, back in the day, you'd have your purse or your Mm. wallet. Okay, I see what I've got. I can only spend what I can physically see here. So in some ways, that was a little bit easier to get that feedback. Whereas now there's so many options to go into mm. debt, to overspend, etc., yeah. And it does seem like this invisible, mysterious thing, which I imagine in years to come will be even more mysterious mm. and invisible. Mm. Mm. Do you have any tips, you know, in this bridging time where some people may not have cash, physical money to put in a jar? Mm. Is there another way that you would suggest we could implement that strategy? Yeah. Look, and it was funny, I, my mum I know just contacted me the other day and she said, I just want to get some ideas because we actually, we've got the clear money jars and everything, but we've actually never, <laughs> we has cash. We actually spend our whole lives trying to go and make sure we've got money to actually give them. So she said, it's yeah. not working. It's actually not working. So look, a few years ago, and it was the one that she and what I suggested is a Spriggy. There's different accounts that you can actually set up specifically for your kids. They get their own little debit card. It's completely visible and controllable by you. So there's, you know, Spriggy is an Australian one. I'm pretty sure it's Australian, but it's quite good. And, you know, you can sit down and there's all sorts of things that you can put in place, savings goals. I think if, you know, if you're wanting to move away from that cash, it's obviously as kids get older, they can't just have the jars. You know, when my daughter has got a, you know, I mean, she's got a key card now that she's got money because I do a whole different thing with her that I'm happy to share with you as well. But it's having their own little bank account, I think still importantly is actually sitting down with them and maybe going through a bank statement or something and just showing them, obviously based, you know, age-based. But if you can just, you know, for a few years do the clear jars and stuff like that, even (laughs) it can be a bit tricky and tough. But it's like, you know, then if you want to move away from that and actually have it in a little account, you know, a little with a debit card and stuff like that, I think it's still probably, you know, even more so important to sit down and explain to them actually what that, where that money is and maybe it's, sitting down and showing that, you know, of you transferring the money into their account and, you know, sitting down and so showing that that money is actually sitting in the account when they transact on it, you know, transact on it, they can actually see that it's, the balance is going down. So, you know, it does have an impact when they use their card of understanding what that means. But yeah, the one I have used and what I would be very comfortable to recommend would be Spriggy. Mm-hmm. 
Is that S P R I double G double G Y? Okay. Yeah, so it's on, you know, you can go it onto on your laptop, but they've also got an app as well. So it's, you know, and it's got parental controls and you've got complete visibility over, over Wonderful. That as well. Yeah. yeah, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Because I know, like, and again, I'm just going to go into some of the things I've done with my kids and you mm-hmm. tell me because today's all <laughs> about tips and strategies. So I've done my best with my, you know, amount of knowledge. But one of the things that I also had was just put a piece of A4 paper on, you know, on the wall. And they got to decorate their own little cloud bubble thing, mm. uh, their names in them. And then for various things that were, we were doing, so whether someone made their bed without me asking or whatever, I'd kind of go, oh, you did that without me asking. You get a bonus dollar, like, you know, you might get $2. So they'd run and they'd write a number two in their cloud bubble thing. And so that would kind of gradually build up. And then at some point, we'd then talk about, okay, you know, it's school holidays or whatever the timeline came up okay, so let's count how much you've got in your cloud bubble. They would count it and then we'd go, okay, we need to put some that goes into the bank and then we'd actually physically, you know, go to Mm -hmm. the bank. And then some was for spending. And so we kind of use that. So if they had $12 to spend, then we'd off we'd go and I'd write $12 on a little bit of paper and then we'd go to Big W or Kmart, wherever they want to get something. And that's when they'd kind of go, oh, I want a DVD. Oh, actually, no, the DVD is $20. Mm -hmm. And then we have that conversation about, more and less and mm, can I get mm. it now or do I have to wait? Mm. Is that kind of a good yeah, way to do it? I think it sounds fantastic. I think I would add there is actually physically giving them the money to actually have with them when they go to yes. BW to say, right, well, I've got, this is what I've got. They can actually touch it. They can count it. They can go, because that's going to give, understand the value instead yep. of having written on a piece of paper that they can actually understand, you know, fiat currency, basically, of what it yeah. actually is. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's a great thing. And it's, un, you know, then you can have the conversation about, you know, is it an hour or do we have to save some more? Or I think that's great. I think it's, you know, I mean, it's visual things on the wall and it's not set in stone thing that you have to do these. It's actually, you're getting bonuses. Because, yeah. I mean, I've got, there's stuff that my kids need to do that's just expected, you know, making your beds, keeping your room tidy, unpacking your bags in the afternoon and stuff like that. That's not pocket money much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually just considerate and being involved in the household. Then they have other chores as well that, you know, Scott Pope, Barefoot Investor, says keep it very simple, you know, three chores a week. Yeah. Spriggy's got a fantastic area actually as well. I'm happy to share this with you that you can share with your audience around different age-based, you know, pocket money calculators. So you can go into there and actually put your child's age in. It sort of gives you guidelines of how much to pay, what sort of, you know, age-based chores and stuff like that. So that's a really good little good resource as Spriggy as well. So great. Look, I think, you know, what you're doing, Sonia, is great. It's just. It's a start. It's a start. I'll refine as I go. They're understanding about, you know, that they can get to go and, you know, that they can buy something and that they, I always love it. You know, kids are very free and easy if you're buying it for them, but if it's their own money, they become very, very frugal and tight and they, oh no. (laughs) It's a whole different ball game when it's actually their money. So that's probably another reason to actually physically give them the money so that they've actually got it, they've That's got ownership true. over it, and that will make very big de- bigger decisions you around. Just my, you press my mother guilt button. I just had just this morning, <laughs> Melissa, I'm not kidding you, just this morning, one of my kids, uh, she came grocery shopping with me last week and there was this particular bread product that she said, oh, can we get that? And I'm like, are you sure that you're gonna, you guys mm-hmm. like that? You're going to eat it? Yeah. yeah, 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 I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. So today I'm kind of going, guys, this expires in mm. like two days. Are you guys going to eat this? And they was all like, oh, no, I don't like it. I don't like it. 
And I did make this side comment of, you know, maybe if I'd bought this bread with the money from your jars, maybe you'd be, mm. <laughs> have a different attitude yeah. about it. But yeah, I just, you know, and I rarely do I kind of make those kind of comments, but I did kind of think, oh, I don't think you guys are really getting the value. And I'm sure mm. that's a really common frustration. Absolutely. Like, I mean, my daughter, I mean, as I said to you before, she's 13. So she goes through all these, she's going through all these, which is, I love the fact that she's experimenting, but different ways of eating. And she goes and buys all these really weird and wonderful things like, you know, chia seeds and you know, all the healthy coconut. expensive yeah, stuff yeah yep. yeah all the healthy all in the macro section at the supermarket yeah and I say look I'm happy to buy it for you but I just want you to use it I don't want it to sit there and to you know and then I go clean out things and it's just you know you've used it once and then I've got to go and throw it out because this stuff it costs money and I'm not necessarily going to use it because I don't you know use those sorts of things and whatever so you need to actually have ownership and actually use these products for your weird and wonderful things that you find everywhere that you want to make. And, you know, she does usually, but there are some things I know that are that are sitting there. It's a bit like the bread. Yes. Like, thankfully, these are sort of, you know, pantry items, so they'll last a fair while. Yes. And so I do remind her every now and then that this stuff is sitting there, these ingredients are sitting there, and, I mean, she's the only one that's going to use them. Yes. So, and I don't particularly want to have to throw them out. That's right. So in terms of addressing that really common frustration, and your daughter's a little bit older, so you can kind of yeah. reason with her a little bit. Yeah. And with the younger kids, I think where the frustration comes is just trying to communicate or have them understand the value. And I sometimes I think, well, is that just going to come as in time as they get older? Or is there any other kind of really positive kind of approach to having them kind of get the understanding of the value? Is that even possible in your experience? Well, the one I've done, which I love, and my kids have just like... And they've, they've been doing it for a long time. Now, you know, in the supermarket when you can sort of the such, so much per kilogram, so, or, you know, so per hundred yeah. grams, you know, on the tickets. Yep. And so they're like little ninjas now. And even then they can, and so they'll go and look around at what, and they'll say, mum, even though this one's on sale, it's still the other brand still, or the other products actually still cheaper because they've learned to do the, you know, the comparison thing with the. Excellent. Dollars per. And so kids can do that really, really. I mean, I explained that to them years ago. And so they understand, you know, that helps understand the value. That's great. That's great. And the funny thing is my parents live close by and so then they go, you know, Nana never looks at the prices of anything. <laughs> she just <laughs> And, like, they're always, like, astounded. They say Nana never checks the things. And so, and they, you know, they'll come to me and I go, oh, Mum, such and such on sale. It's da-da-da-da. I said, yeah, great. So they're actually, they get excited. Yeah, I love that. About saving money. And so yes. it's not even being driven by me. They're actually, you know, they'll... We're talking, you know, when they're getting their stuff for school, their treats and stuff for school. So they'll sort of shop around a bit themselves. Like, you know, they get a sweet treat and a savvy treat and stuff like that. So they'll sort of shop around a bit themselves and actually pick out something that's on sale. Nice. By comparing those. So there's things that, you know, things are on sale, you know, explain different prices for similar items, you know, comparing deals, you know, all that sort of stuff. I think it's for the smaller kids, I think that's a really good starting point. And, you know, and then physically buying stuff themselves. I think when you get a bit older, you know, you can sit down and perhaps talk to them about showing them bills. Yes. You know, like an electricity bill or a phone bill or whatever and just explain to them actually how that, you know, then they start understanding the connection between, you know, that you generate, earn this money or this money comes in, but actually what the cost of things are. So I think that's, you know, they're all good things to get children starting to understand it. Because sometimes, you know, if you'd say what the price of a car is or what you earn or whatever, they actually don't really understand what that means. 
until they're quite a lot older, actually. They don't really understand the concept of what that actually means in that's right physical dollar terms. That's right. And I think that what we talked about before about having them actively involved in decision-making, that doesn't always have to be a big thing. That can just no. be a small thing. Like you said, in the supermarket or if you are planning a holiday, like have them sit with you and listen to you as you actually talk out aloud in terms of why you're making certain decisions and choices around choosing, you know, a hotel or choosing yeah. a low, you know, whatever it might be a location to go to based on some of the financial considerations. Yeah. So, yeah, so I really like those really simple day-to-day embedded Or even, ways. you know, planning a birthday party. Like, you know, I mean, obviously we all do birthday parties for our kids. We can, you know, nice. that this is what we've got to spend. You know, my son even was doing something at school the other day. He's 11. He was doing it. They had to do an event that they were given a certain amount of money and they actually had to, you know, there were certain things that they actually had to do, like, you know, go. It's like a little mini holiday. So there was, you know, certain requirements that had to be included. And he was, you know, he was talking to me through, well, you know, the trade-offs of, you know, well, I'm not going to do this, but so I can do this. Or we're going to, you know, stay in a place that doesn't cost as much so you can actually go and we'll have more money to do for activities. You know what I mean? So they, you know, they are starting to do this sort of money education concepts instead of just actually, you know, learning about physical and the money. the reasoning. Hey, yeah, but the yeah. reasoning behind it and stuff like that. So I was really heartened to hear that that's because that's going to be reinforcing you know, what we're talking about at home and stuff like that, if they're doing those sorts of things at school as well. Yeah, definitely. So what are some healthy money mindsets, Melissa, that we'd want to instill in ourselves if we haven't already, which we ultimately going to instill in our kids? Yeah. Well, can I just really quickly share with you, Sonia, about our money story? So you yeah, mean, go for this, it. Because I think this is understanding why it's so vitally important to talk to, you know, the way that you talk to our kids, because, you know, our beliefs are formed by the age of seven. When we're what in, we call the theta brainwave mode, where we sort of take in everything like a little sponge with no filter. So when we say kids are like sponges, they literally are like yeah. little sponges. So that's, you know, and so normalising talking about money, that's the importance of that. And so, you know, these are a set of rules or guidelines that we've told our subconscious that we want to live by. So it'll do everything in its power to keep them safe and keep them real. So it's obviously, you know, and as we get older, they get, you know, further ingrained and reinforced and that sort of stuff. So I think it's that's why it's so important to, you know, set an example as grown-ups, as parents to our children, and to also be conscious about the conversations you're having around money. Like I know for me years ago, before I really tapped into this and really understand, understood the importance, as I used to always say, just, you know, and it's just a very off the cuff, we can't afford it, we can't afford it, we can't afford it. Like that, I used to say that all the time. And then I've stopped. I don't say that at all because it was the messaging I was actually giving myself because guess what? We say when you can't afford it, you can't, it actually, that actually physically, which is a whole other conversation where <laughs> <laughs> our focus goes, you know. Yeah, but it's important. So what yeah. wording did you start to use and how did you reframe? Yeah, I started just saying, look, we've got other priorities for that money. We've got, you know, there's other priorities for that. So I turned it, I reframed it from a very negative, scarcity, lack mindset to actually, well, you know, we've got other things that we, you know, other priorities for that money. <laughs> that wasn't yeah. particularly sexy. You know, I was paying bills and, you know, <laughs> buying groceries. So it wasn't like, oh, we've got all these other beautiful things that, you know, I mean, but it was just so, and by me reframing that, and, you know, it was interesting after a while, the kids actually started mirroring it back to me. They used to say, well, mum, is this a priority or not? You know what I mean? So that's actually the way that my children talk now. Nice. So, it was, so we, we never say we can't afford it. We just yeah. said, this, you know, this money's for other, you know, other priorities at the moment, so we might be able to talk about that, you know, next month or whatever. So I think it's 
being very conscious about, you know, the what you say of what, you know, your thoughts and what comes out of your mouth, because obviously that's, you know, really important as growing up. So I know I work with a lot of people around their money mindset, their money stories, their money beliefs and all that sort of thing. So I think it's important for ourselves around what we're thinking and what's coming out of our mouths. And then also to make sure that, you know, that they're of little ears hearing about everything said. So, you know, if there is a little bit of angst around money with your partner and stuff like that, perhaps don't have it out in front of the children. <laughs> That's probably not a real a good example of actually, you know, including kids in conversations is actually, you know, don't choose your time and place to actually have those conversations if you need to have them and that sort of thing. So I think it's, yeah, they're very, very perceptive of what's going on and they'll pick it all up. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I really do like that wording and really the perspective of what is a priority mm. because it's a crucial life skill. If they're able to, you know, sequence that in their minds and mm. just go, okay, well, this isn't a priority right now as the money needs to go blah, mm. you know, into this direction or that direction. It's just an mm. absolutely crucial life yeah, skill. So not, and so we're not saying we can't afford it. It's just that we've got other, you know, other things to spend our money on at the moment. So it's not yeah. turning into a negative or, you know, well, we can never afford anything or we can never do anything or whatever. It's actually... Yes. It's just still the same of what you're saying. Yes. It's just positioning it in a different way of, you know, of an abundance and, you know, that sort of mindset instead of actually that scarcity and lack. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, that's very important. I'm wondering, are there any kind of, I don't even know if this is a real concept, but signs of readiness that your child is ready for a credit card? <sighs> <laughs> Well, my first reaction would be never. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. But then I'm like, but then I'm like, well, then that's not, you know, most people. That's not realistic. Yeah. yeah are going to yeah. end up with one. So are they kind of readiness signs? And look, they could end up doing that when they're an adult. But yes, I know that there are kids out there that do actually have them. Yes. So yeah. Tell me your thoughts on that one. Yeah. Look, I think, and look, you know, absolutely, Sonia, like, you know, there's kids that have got them. I've heard, you know, these stories that I don't think is fantastic that, you know, if you're studying certain degrees at university, you're offered, you're given credit card, like, you know, say if you're studying law or something like, you know, some profession that you're offered credit cards actually at university with like $10,000 limits before you even start working. So that's a bit, you know, before you even got a job and start working. So I think once again, I think it's not, you know, saying credit cards or, and, you know, there's obviously the whole new wave of, you know, the pay now or get the credit, you know, get the things like after pay and zip pay and stuff like that, that you can get the, you know, like our old, the old lay-by where you actually had to pay it off before you got it. But now with all these, you don't even have to pay it off. You get it and then you pay it off. So mm. I think the way that I frame this with talking about it is understanding the obligations and ramifications of, you know, having these debt facilities of actually, you know, what your obligations of paying them, you know, and even your phone, you know, having a phone plan. I mean, that's usually the first thing that a lot of kids have is their own phone plan or the prepaid. Well, that's not a prepaid, but the phone plan. So understanding what your financial commitment is to that and the obligations, but also very much the ramifications of, you know, in the long term of not paying these. Like, you know, I've heard kids say, oh, look, just don't pay your phone bill or, you know, if you move or whatever, like, you know, they won't be able to. And I think it's really, you know, this is obviously for older kids, but like understanding that not doing that, you know, not paying a phone bill could impact your ability to actually borrow money in 10, you know, 10 whatever years time to buy a home mm. because, you know, there's credit ratings and credit scores and stuff like that. So I think it's, there is an impact if they don't. And so they need to be really, really clear of whether they can actually service those 
loans with their income. You know, a lot of kids, a lot of, you know, when they're first out and, you know, a lot of young boys when they're doing their apprenticeships, you know, they want to go and buy the car and they get the car loan and stuff like that, which is absolutely fine, but they need to sit down and do their numbers first. And, you know, there's another great tool. I can, the ASIC Money Smart has got a really um, website, which is a great resource for anything, anything people want to know about money or anything about money. They've got a great budget planner that you can actually go and plug in all your know, things and see, you know, they've got a budget planner, they've got a savings goal calculator, but the budget planner is really great. So I think, you know, before kids take on debt to understand that, you know, what that repayment actually means to actually meet that commitment and also what it means, well, are you actually going to be able to afford to do anything else like with lifestyle and stuff like that? So I think it's really making that understanding and, you know, making those decisions before you actually take on that debt. Yes, yes. You know, there's lots of things I've added in there, but it's so, so understanding obligations of paying that, you know, meeting that, those, the debt, whatever, whether it's a credit card or the zip pays or, you know, the pay it off or whatever, understanding how that impacts the rest of their spending, their money, money pot, and then, the, you know, the ramifications long-term if they defaulted on many of those loans have a really big impact in your life. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's, look, it's a tricky one. Mm. In, for some people, they've got to experience it and for others, they want to prevent it. So it's yeah. a bit of a, yeah. it's a very individual. But yeah, I kind of thought, you know, are there those readiness signs? And I think a lot of what we've talked about already in terms of, you know, talking about it, mm. budgeting, looking at savings, the app that you mentioned, you know, all of those are really those foundational skills, aren't they? Mm, so that mm, by the mm. time they get to the age where a credit card becomes an option, then they're already in a position where they've got some financial literacy. Yeah. And so they might, I mean, the best thing would be say, well, they don't, you know, we don't need credit cards anymore. You know, we can buy everything with a debit card. I mean, my business, I've had my business going for six years now. I've, I don't even have a credit card in my business because I can use my debit card for everything, to book flights, events, you know, whatever. So we don't actually need you know, in the old days, you'd still need a credit card for flights or if you want to book a concert or whatever, yeah. you know, those sorts of things. But you actually don't need a credit card at all anymore. So, you know, I mean, it would be, you know, I guess like the best case scenario would be kids saying, you know what, I actually don't want to take on debt. I don't really, you know, unless it's, for, you know, a personal loan, you know, or something like, but yeah. just really understanding. And as you said, like having that, that understanding, the concept of money, the value of the money, the understanding obligations and ramifications of taking on personal debt and what that means for them, that they're going to be paying that off for a long time. Yeah, yeah, excellent. And you've mentioned a couple of tools. Mm. Spriggy, you've mentioned, and then you mentioned the other one, ASIC. Was it ASIC? Yeah, it's the ASIC. I can give these yeah, tools. Yeah, we'll, we'll so, pop that in show yeah. notes. So it's a Spriggy app for getting the little debit card. In the Spriggy app, there's a really great, I'll give you the link of for pocket money, and yes. working out chores, age-based yes. chores and stuff like that. Then there's the ASIC Money Smart website, which, you know, that's what I use for all my clients. That's where I send all my clients and use for all my clients. And so in that, you know, amongst everything, and there's some really good information about talking with kids and money and stuff in there as well, but there's a budget planner where you can sort of, you know, work out your cost of living. And there's also a savings goal. You know, if a child actually has, you know, wanted to do a savings goal or something like that, there's a little calculator in there. You can actually calculate your savings goal of how much, you know, obviously when you want to how much you want to save, what are you going to do when you need to set aside and stuff like that? So it's, you know, once again, they can see it in real tangible figures of if I want to, you know, save $500 for something, then I need to actually be able to put away this money or I need this amount of money and, you know, or whatever time frame and stuff. 
Great. So those yeah. frameworks are already set up in those apps. So we don't have yes. to pull out the, Excel the Google Excel spreadsheets and Google <laughs> Sheets and stuff and get them trained up. No. Okay. Yay. No. We'll take that off the to-do list. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So Melissa, as we kind of wrap things up, would you summarize the top three tips? I feel like we've kind of gone over it, but if you had to just summarize the top three tips that we can start doing in our daily life to help kids build that positive relationship with money, yep. go for it. I think number one, talk to your kids about money as if it's a normal thing. Talk about it in everyday life. Don't make it this thing you've got to sit down and have this big conversation about. You know, I mean, just it's everyday life. Going to the supermarket, you know, tapping. And like, you know, there is examples that we can talk to our kids about that every, all day, every single day. So it's going to the supermarket. It's when you tap your card, you know, getting them to understand what that actually means, you know, explaining the, where the money comes from and explain, you know, where the money's going to. So it's, you know, just understand the concept of money and it's not just the hole on the wall, which a lot of children think this just comes out of this hole, hole on the wall. Get them involved in money. So talking about it, explaining how, you know, the flow of funds and then get them involved with making, you know, money decisions, family money decisions. So get their buy-in, their involvement and conversations of, you know, where it comes from, where it goes to. And I think that's probably more than three, isn't it? But anyway, that's... Oh, it is. It is. They're my top ones. Yep. And I think the one that I really liked as well was reframing our language. That was actually one I was just about to add. Yeah, that, that's the huge one. So, and I imagine, and please add to it, that would be one of the key take-home messages as well. But what other take-home messages would you like to leave our listeners with, whether it's parents, carers, and, and even educators that are working yeah. with kids? What's your take-home message? Look, really, and I keep repeating myself, is just talk about it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's talk about money every day as if it's a normal thing. It's not that, you know, embarrassing uncle at the parties that we don't ever want to really, you know, talk about having to do with. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. And so, so it'll take it away from being taboo. Like, you know, money is it's still considered, you know, for us, it's a real taboo subject. You know, it's not polite to talk about money. It's not, you know, and we've got so much stuff as grown-ups carrying that around. My goal would be for children to actually not have any of that sort of stuff, that they just, it's just, you know loud and proud basically about money and about talking about it and, and all that sort of stuff. So they don't have the hang-ups and the issues and all the stuff that goes with it that I work with grown-ups because such a big part of our, you know, our core identity is, you know, inextricably entwined with our relationship with money. So we need to have a good relationship with money. Wonderful. Mm. Melissa, you're doing some fantastic work. So thank you. And thank tell you. us where we can where we can learn more about you. Sure. So my website is talkingmoney.net.au. I've got my email if anyone wants to ask me any more questions or anything. It's melissa at talkingmoney.net.au. I'm on, love to connect on LinkedIn, Facebook business page, which is Talking Money. I would really love to also, Sonia, offer your listeners a complimentary 45-minute session, strategy session. Now, that could be about talking about kids about money or talking about your stuff, or it can be anything that you want to, to talk about. And I'll provide you with the link of that as well. But I'd love to extend that offer for your listeners that if they do want to catch up and have a bit more of a chat about things, that offers there as well. Yeah. Melissa, that sounds amazing. It really does. Thank you so much. And on behalf of everyone listening, yeah, we appreciate it. So <laughs> no doubt there'll be people going, yes, I want to have a 45 minute <laughs> chat and talk about money. So that's absolutely brilliant. And we will put in the show notes, those, the links to your email yes. and the resources, et cetera. So that's brilliant. Fantastic. Melissa, I have just had a great time talking about money. 
and know that everyone has benefited as well. So thank you so much for joining the chat about children. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Certainly a very essential and valuable chat there with Melissa Ma. And thank you again, Melissa, for your special offer to the Chat About Children audience of a 45-minute strategy session, a complimentary one. We have got the link that will take you to that strategy session uh, in our show notes. So if you'd like to access that, as well as the links to, um, to the other tools and resources that we mentioned in the episode, please do go to the show notes at chataboutchildren.com. Now, of course, we would love for you to share this podcast episode and the podcast with family, friends and with colleagues who you know will benefit from the information. So please do go ahead and share and remember to leave a rating and a review as well. Thank you so much for your attention today. I celebrate you and I look forward to chatting soon. Thanks for joining the Chat About Children with Sonia Vestalich, www.chataboutchildren.com.